0: It's easy to get lost. This is The Revenue Maze, and I'm Valerie Cobb. Join me as we navigate the halls, dead ends, and U-turns on your path towards upward growth trajectory. The Revenue Maze is sponsored by Revenue North Star, guidance and execution through fractional revenue leadership, uncovering hidden revenues and empowering small business growth through process-driven sales customized to your company environment all right welcome everybody i'm super excited this is another episode of the revenue maze and i have a fantastic guest okay anybody who's ever been through new product development or product development written patents or those types of things he's done several patents and that means he's an inventor as well, which is super exciting. Um, And right currently, he is the CEO of Drone Industry Systems Corporations. And I wanna welcome Mike DiCasola.
1: Thank you, Valerie. Excited to be on board here.
0: (laughs) I think, as you are so passionate because you're Italian, I'm sure that I probably didn't do your last name exactly right, but, you know, at the end of the You've day... you got the you hand see,
1: movements, though. You got, the, got hand the hand
0: movement. movements. <laughs> 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, Mike, everybody wants to hear a lot, anything that says the word drone in it, for sure, but we want to hear more about what who you are, what you're doing, all that kind of fun stuff. But we always start the show with one question. What is one thing that you can tell the listeners or viewers that they can do to help them get out of the revenue maze?
1: Great. Um, Well, I think the one thing you wanna do is figure out a problem and then solve the problem with a novel concept that is within reach of the current technology, and it's capable of actually creating a solution, not just acknowledging the problem, but filling a gap, a gap that might be a boutique gap or might be an all encompassing gap that is not necessarily being paid attention to, or has just been avoided for some time. And now new technology that has come can fill that gap. So I would say Your core competency needs to be applied to that, of course, but that's what I would say.
0: Well, that just sounds so simple. (laughs) (laughs) Just find a gap that technology could address that they don't completely appreciate or they underappreciate at this moment and then work that through. So give us a couple of little pointers on maybe even finding the gap. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty broad, right? And sometimes people are heroes in their own minds and they think, oh, wow, this is something everybody wants and it really isn't. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure, sure. So using an example, what I had to do for myself is I had to say, okay, drones have been around forever. Actually, Nikolai Tesla made the first missile, which was a drone. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, it, it, there's nothing new there. Right. And yeah. so, and, and I bring that up deliberately because a drone could be anything autonomous. And so you would think, okay, everybody's thought of everything about it, but there's so many virtual ideas, so many physical ideas, so many concepts that can be made from it. And so I had to say to myself, okay, the military was using this, but how is the commercial world going to be able to see a unique Differential between what I would like to bring forward and what others would. Mm -hmm. And so that's that gap, right? Where's that gap of what differentiates you from the competition? And so for myself, it was looking at a drone and seeing somebody like Amazon eight years ago going, uh, we're going to deliver using drones. And I said to myself, okay, <laughs> how exciting, right? Um, you know, my father was in the Air Force and and I and and you know that it by the way, this triggered me to go to back to school and go okay. take a double degree in aviation transportation management with robotics and unmanned ground systems for marine ground and air for this. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm going okay. I'm sitting at the seat of a master because I, yeah, you just did gibberish. Keep going. I love it.
1: (laughs) So, so I got to, you know, this is what triggered me on that because I said to myself, okay, you know, there is a gap. I'm not seeing this. I'm, I'm like, I would love drone delivery, product services, you know, but what is the problem here? Infrastructure, you know, how do you? So, so infrastructure all of a sudden is a big problem. So everybody has this concept of how they're going to deliver a drone, but. Where was it stationed? Where was it sitting? <laughs> where did it go after it delivered it? <laughs> <You> know, so, <laughs> That's <true. laughs> you, you know, So these things just pop up. And so I was like, okay, where are we going with this? So I saw a gap. And the gap was for myself, infrastructure for autonomy. So for autonomous infrastructure, you can't rebuild the world. So mm. now we have to figure out How do we really make a novel solution within your grasp? And that's what I meant with that. Like, what is within (laughs) the grasp within your core competencies? And it's because you sit there and go, I can't redo the world, but I can repurpose specific infrastructure. Hmm. So that's where we created a patent that we filed in early 19 called the Smart Rooftop and Ground Drone airport so basically taking a rooftop that was worthless but still pre-existing as an infrastructure and turning it into a drone airport so now that creates an infrastructure solution for drones that don't have a place to stay charge take off land frog leap between locations so that's where that gap was and now we needed to figure out the ancillary parts like and this is where those several patents come into play because you have to figure out the ancillaries how do, how do you how do you make this novel idea a reality and how do we integrate it into existing infrastructure right and that was the repurposing of
0: hmm wow i just had a flashback to like food replicators from Star Trek and having it be something that was ready. And yeah, we, we actually see those in today. I did a presentation on autonomous vehicles like a few years back based on some of that fun stuff, but it's just like, you've taken something that feels imagined a little bit and said, okay, well, here's the gap, but we do have the tech ability to do it today. Right. And I think I hadn't even thought. I mean, that's why I'm I'm like sitting here going, I hadn't even thought about the infrastructure portion. I mean, we do like electric vehicles, you know, or like it's an infrastructure issue, right? Where do you charge? Where do you go? It only goes this far. And so you saw the rise, rise up of that. And so it just kind of went, ah, infrastructure. I had not honestly. hadn't even thought of that with the drones. And I remember when Amazon said that, and it was like, that's interesting. It also reminded me of an X-Files episode that they re-did, (laughs) like, I don't know, what was it like five or six years ago where everything was tech and you couldn't even order through a human being and all the drones started taking over and everything. And I just thought, yeah, they have to be able to take off and park somewhere, right? I mean, yeah. just like if a truck is leaving from point A to point B, we spent how many years creating roads and highways for infrastructure?
1: And that's why that's an impossible arm to reach when you want to rebuild the world, right? So yeah. that's where that repurposing, and you you brought up a good point there of existing technology, and it, yeah. you know, and so filling the gap allows you to do that you know so like a drone hangar is equivalent to an airport hangar you know and just like like you know i'm from illinois so just like o'hare airport is a class b international airspace well you have hubs so that's that's the hub but the spoke in aviation the spoke would be like a little airport like a midway or Uh, uh, Nelgin O'Hare or or Rockford. So these are little airports. So that's a hub and spoke environment. And so now that you have the idea, you have to research how do you integrate with current existing infrastructure? And so that's where now I take it to where do we do that migration? How do we create the integration? And where is the gap that has not made that happen yet? Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: where you brought up current technology so there is current technology that can fill that gap and that's where that novelty now comes in
0: that is that to me that's extremely interesting but i'm interested in so many things so it's (laughs) hard to fascinate me i got it but I i I've always thought that that was kind of an interesting thing. You're going to get a package on your doorstep, you know, how are you going to actually do that? You know, and who's going to, you know, create those hubs or whatever you're talking about. So it's, it's a great topic on getting out of the revenue maze because a lot of times we want something or we wish it so, and it doesn't mean it's, the globe is ready for it. Right. I mean, we talk about, you know, Hey, you could fix this problem. Um, but a lot of times what happens is you're not even sure you're solving the right problem for that time period too. Yes. <laughs> and, I,
1: agreed, and I'm like, agreed.
0: huh, how do we, and how, so how let's, let's take us through a little of a day in a life of somebody who's obviously it almost started with just a daydream eight years. What was it? How many years ago was it? And eight, you, it prompted you to go back to school, get this education, then go and do what you needed to do to start in 2019 to now, where you're going to be probably launching, right? Pretty close. Right. Yes. So, from a daydream, what was that like? I mean, you just kind of went, boing, I have this light bulb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty much, you know, it's, it's that, uh, it's that uh, entrepreneur spirit that kicks in and and it combines with that inventive spirit, you know, <laughs> and uh, that's a, that's enough fuel to start you. That's for sure. Um, but from a perspective of reality, I, I felt it was obtainable. You know, it was just a true commitment, right? Where
0: yeah.
1: I literally needed to do driving for grubhub just to feel what somebody felt like when they didn't get a tip i needed to feel like what it was like to have an algorithm send me five miles away from the best location where i live (laughs) to fill in somebody who just wanted one order and there's one restaurant there on their whole application but my within my three blocks i had hundreds of them but so (laughs) you you know so you get you have to feel the pleasures and pains of what people are going through in order to fill those gaps it's not necessarily just the you know the idea the concept that's that sparks what you are ready to do yeah but but what are those what are those pain points that are reflective not just on the end user but on the operator and on the business And on maybe an infrastructure, and in this case, like aviation, you know, by creating that one concept, others stemmed from it. And the reason why it took so long is because I had to look at this and go, and you said another point here, (laughs) sometimes the world's not ready for something, Yeah, you know, so I had to make sure this was a long-term goal. And I thought this would probably be a 10-year goal, you know, so the question is, can I, Eat an elephant one bite at a time over this 10 years. And by the time the market in the world is ready, yeah. where will I be? You know, and and so this was a long-term investment and commitment for myself. And and that's so you got to decide: is this something you're gonna wanna do within a year? Is this something, mm-hmm. you know, what's the execute executable time on this? Because yeah. some things are can get executed really quickly, and and other things like this it's a long-term endeavor commitment and sacrifice, you know, so with no guarantees, right. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, but that's part of the, 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 challenge, the, uh, the actual, you know, the, the trip down that, that, that memory lane you're making me go through is, is really, <laughs> <laughs> is really what is, is what you grasp onto because you look back and go, Wow first off 8 years went by <laughs> so, <laughs> and second off wait a minute we're 2 years away from your goal you know so uh, <laughs> so but we're getting close we're getting very very close and uh, and it's an exciting time so i would say find the problem create the solution feel the, the empathy for that problem you know what is that problem solvable with a novelty idea that can actually happen in the time frame you are willing to sacrifice? Because that's another issue all in itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think empathy is one of the things that sometimes gets missed. You know, it's, it's all numbers. Is there enough numbers, especially uh, when you're dealing with a go to market, you kind of can forget that a bit, you know, and I know, uh, There was, what was it? It was in um, Blue Ocean Strategy. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but um, they talk about, I I can't even remember if it's um, what the name was, the name, the company, but they were trying to come up with an iron and um, everything was great with this iron, right? Clothing, Clothing iron. And so... They were ready to go to market. They packaged everything, and it was a dismal failure. And it was a dismal failure because they hadn't really pressure tested who their downstream really was. Right? They didn't. They they packaged it. I can't even remember if it was because they packaged it more to a female audience, but it was really created for a male audience or vice versa right so um but the story is basically they had this great thing that solved this problem and they got to the end of the tunnel and they forgot to really kind of test the market for before they launched and even down to the packaging you know and we've done kind of you know the state gauge process we do the business case and that's all the numbers right and then as you get into, you know, whether we should do this or not, et cetera. Then you start testing the entire, you know, your subsections or whatever you start pulling people in. Right. And then from there, you get their responses, you edit, you do all this kind of stuff. And then you eventually get down to some, hopefully clinical trials and even packaging. Do they like the name? What, what's the price elasticity you know what is somebody willing to pay not specific but you know kind of that range mm-hmm. and when you started talking about you know it's been this eight year road it goes into empathy right mm-hmm. it's that one nugget that sometimes i think is completely forgotten in the testing phase is yeah. you know it it's that whole hero in our own mind we think it's right and then we forget an end user has has to adopt it, right? For it Mm -hmm. to be to to actually solve the challenge and be successful, right? Absolutely. And so I love that. Empathy, empathy, empathy. So are you an empath? Is that what when they go down the different personality types? Are you an empath? Or did you just learn to kind of do that in your process? What what how did you do that?
1: That's that's a good question. For myself, it was just, you know, I always look at something going, look, I'll support you if it, if it has a solution, you know, and is that, is that solution talking to me and my problems, yeah. y- you know, and if it is, I think we have a, the synergy for me to, to go further with you, you know, so <laughs> you, 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 know, you take my money, you, you know, so it's... <laughs> you all
0: heard that, take his money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: So that's, as a consumer, I want to feel like I can't forget that empathy for the consumer because we all drink our own Kool-Aid. And, you know, when we get to the point where we believe in our product, we are drunk on that Kool-Aid, you, you know? So- <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, because if you're not, you know, first off, you don't believe in it yourself, it's, it's, it's personified. People will know that, you know, they can tell yeah. if you if you like what you do, if you're really believing what you do, you know, all these things come into play. But in the end, you said another point here, which is it's the end user, right? Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things I learned about indirectly was different aspects of those end users, because you would think it's just the mobile application customer. But it took me down so many different paths of empathy in different areas that you never thought would touch it, you you know, unless you really broke open, you know, the, the actual matrix of it, you know, so, so what was the, some of the problems that stemmed from it? Like, what were these tentacles? And, and one of the things that you would look at is, okay, you went to aviation and there's, there's another gap involved here. Um, mm-hmm. there's there's no weather information that is currently available for drones that they can use between airports from ground to 400 feet AGL above, above ground level. So from surface to 400 above ground level AGL, that's what they call that.
0: Uh-huh. And then
1: between airports, they use this like underground type weather information, but there's oh. no like to the doorstep situational awareness of what that weather is like. So you, now you have another gap and start, you start stemming off and buying more, you know, spending more attorney fees and buying more patents. (laughs) So (laughs) because so you start to realize, okay, aviation needs situational awareness in order to have a detect and avoid from a remote location. I need to, I I need to know what that other side is doing. How's the weather there? Can a drone, is it conducive for flight? You, You know, it. So right now, there was weather needed at the doorstep. So we created the smart delivery doorbell miner. It will mine data, and it will be allowing somebody to own a doorbell, but it can attach to any shipping carrier in the world. It will be able to be on blockchain. So we'll be able to reward the data that's coming to us, which stems into another empathy. The customer always knows these days, we've all gotten wise, that your data is just taken from you.
0: And and well,
1: so, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> why did that
0: commercial just show yeah, up i don't know <laughs> man, I'm,
1: exactly, uh, man i'm hungry all of a sudden you know your, your your google has some ad coming up you know like so <laughs> so you know this is this is the point so people are like wait a minute that's my data. i want to own that data. yeah another empathy right an indirect part that you don't realize and that's why we introduced crypto utilities into another patent because we want to be able to be transparent with a frictionless relationship where we can get that metadata from the direct customer and actually provide aviation situational awareness now solving this problem that was indirectly not meant to be you know paid attention to in the beginning
0: So this is totally genius that I have any, it's, I, I can hear my daughter saying this genius. (laughs) I hadn't even thought about that. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, this is so, so fun, you know, and that it isn't, it, it's kind of, yeah, I just, I love it. It's, it's fun. It's a fun road that you're going down. I mean, it's kind of like, okay yeah we're running into this now we got to get attorneys and a patent again and now we're running into this (laughs) because you're you you know there's not much disruption out there we use the term disruption all the time you know Mm -hmm. be disruptive be disruptive um i don't know last huge disruption was the iphone (laughs) and that was in 2000 And that was just simply because they beat others. They were better at marketing (laughs) because there were other technologies. I mean, I, I, we kind of laugh at this. I, it it ages me, but Palm did a live drive that had a phone app in, you know, and you could do the stylus and all, you know,
1: and I'm sure
0: if we go back in, in time to all the, early computer processing and all that kind of stuff there's stuff that I have zero clue that was already there you know but it it sounds really disruptive in what you're what you're actually doing because I was thinking about even drone airspace and how you have to actually get certain permits to have that airspace and how places like Amazon how many drones will be out there and then you probably have to deal with the privacy policies too, just like, hey, you can't fly over the person's backyard. Hey, they might be sunbathing with less than what you wanted to see on here or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely. sure you have completely Mike thought of that too.
1: Yeah, actually you had to think about that one. That's a very good point. You know, so you, those are things now, like we call those roadblocks, right? So yeah. how do those roadblocks now affect the concept, the, the novelty, you know, and though you have to be able to defend your business model, you, you know, so I would say another thing to consider as an inventor is defend your business model. Pretend like you're sitting in front of somebody and you have to defend it. And so somebody that turns around and says, I'm not letting you go over my rooftop, you, you know, that that's my private area. and 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 this can happen, right? Mm-hmm. But now you could say, but You'll get crypto rewards if you do, because it's a utility. It's not a a security. We give you rewards that you can apply to your favorite vendor when you do the orders. And the vendors, so so now all of a sudden it's like, "Hmm, okay, or you know what? Those doorbells. We also have drone landing pads that are going to be made for specific geolocations. So you can put landing pads in different areas and you can have the weather there and now you can get rewarded that way. So now it's like, well, you don't, I don't want you to fly over my house, but I'll tell you what, I'll put a landing pad for that drone in the front of the house. And if you come by the street, you're well, you see where you, you got to think that way, right? So, but the crypto rewards will exchange their their authority. Like we have to give the power back to the to the consumer. The consumer needs to be able, it needs to be flipped on its head. It needs to be able to say, look, You own this data. How do we compensate you for it? Because somebody is gonna buy it from us. We need to be able to compensate you and we need to (laughs) incentivize the vendor. You know, so the vendor turns around and says, wait a minute, who I'm getting free what away? You know, so it's like yeah, well, yeah, Yeah. but you have a captured audience, and now we can apply that towards marketing and 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 you know, like an Uber or Grubhub, we'll be able to promote promote you and you know, mm-hmm. the, these can be applied to you, you know, so all of a sudden now you have this environment where you have a captured audience that supports what you're doing because you're the innovation is, is around them and the empathy connects and yeah. it's not just to the operator anymore. It's to the customer and to the vendor and to the, even the building owner who you're repurposing their rooftops. Now all of a sudden they say, "Well, Mike, why would it what I why do I want one of those on my roof?" And will, will the you know, will the municipality even care? Well, let's see. At this point, your roof has been a liability, yes. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> And secondly, I'm talking to a revenue officer here. Uh, <laughs> Secondly, I don't see you making revenue from it. And so you can either subsidize or monetize it through sensors that are going to be repurposing your rooftop. You know, so we're going to be able to now, if you have tenants, what if you had five tenants, a lab testing company, a retail store, a fast food chain, convenience store, they might, they might all want your rooftop drone airport. Maybe you'll charge them a percentage of ticket sales. Maybe you'll charge them more rent if they want that product. You, you see, and and now you, all of a sudden you
0: have a huge education piece out there because it's yeah. <laughs> almost a bit like the cell towers, right? When people were going, but a lot smaller because you don't really see it, right? It's on it yeah. unless they're taking off. It's on your rooftop, so it's out of your mind, you know, out and, of sight, out of mind. Right. Out of sight, out of mind. And you're like going, okay, yeah, but if we rent this piece of land for this cell tower, and it's like this behemoth cell tower sitting yeah. in my in my yard and uh. yeah
1: <laughs> you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and and by the way that's another reason why it's on rooftops it's see the patent says rooftop and ground drone airports so it can, it uses surrounding ground space mm-hmm. but we're all about safety security and sustainability so okay. bringing those drones on the roof and the sensors on the roof we now have low weather information that's never been available yeah. we have security of the drone sitting behind the parapet wall <laughs> and you know so those those are those are little features you know again now we're looking at the empathy of the landlord right the landlord's going tell me why i want this and how are you going to get this with the municipality how are they going to get involved so now we have another empathy right so another how are we mixing this stew here? You know, so yeah, yeah. Now you turn to the municipality and say, listen, how about a first responder drone, an Amber Alert drone?
0: How yeah. about a 911
1: drone? How about a news on demand drone? What why don't we have these <laughs> I li- can
0: already see all these channels? Here's your government it, channel, here's your here's your commercial channel, here's your yes,
1: <laughs> here's your exactly.
0: whatever whatever it is gonna be and uh
1: And then you have the buy-in, right? You 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 have the the buy-in.
0: Yeah. You know, it's very interesting that even, even in this podcast, as we've been talking a little bit for small businesses that are trying to uh, figure out how to get out of the revenue maze, we talk about um, sometimes I really haven't brought it up much, but surveying your customer constituents. Right. And I thought, Oh, I can see Mike. He's going to be on like posting on LinkedIn and he's going to be going, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) So that he can find the gap, figure out what might be the gaps in the hole in the story. Right. So that's the empathy thing that you were talking about and the buy-in, the education piece, all of those things are, are so necessary. So Mike, you're Italian, so we're yes. going to go off a little off script. People like to also learn about the person that is on the show, right? So, sure. you're Italian. I brutalized your last name. I know it because <laughs> I saw your look on your face. Because I'm like Cascola, Casola,
1: Costola, Casola. casola. <laughs> you you, you stood, see, you just did it perfect just now. You just did it.
0: <laughs> it took me three times though, right? It was like, okay, in my brain, you know. Anyways, so you're, you know, just. I'm not Italian, but my hands go crazy. We already talked you're about that. You're halfway
1: there already. I'm already
0: it. halfway there. Um, I always say, well, we played one on TV, but I was an opera singer. So I sing in Italian. Cool. For a time." That's um, awesome. But at the end of the day, what are you passionate? I know you're passionate. You're passionate about drones. You're passionate about solving problems. What are some other fun things that you do in your free time? What's, what's, what do you do? football sure, sure. whatever so how,
1: how do i wind unwind a little bit yeah. <clears throat> so so i like playing pool um okay that's one of my you know if i get the time and i really want to wind down that's i'll, I'll play some pool you know okay um and then I, I like horrible
0: at pool are I'm you? horrible. <laughs> <laughs> usually they want me on the team to make sure that it's on the opposite team in pool so that the other person can win <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just love that, you know, it's it's kind of like chess where you set up the ball for the next ball, you, you know, so yeah. but you got you can't just grab it. You got to get it there, you know. So it's like <laughs> Yeah. Um so so that's one of the things. And and I, and I also like, you know, to find those in, in, innovation is really believe it or not, it's a um it's a hobby of mine. Like I like to really innovate, you know, so I'm always listening what's out there. You know and and trying to go from there but on a relaxing side of things i like going to movies i i like you know I, I like the traditional movies going okay. to you know going to the traditional theaters and, and i love those i you know we work a lot right so yeah. going out to dinner and those are little mini vacations to me
0: you, you know
1: <laughs> even though i love to cook by the way uh, which okay. is another i sure hop- you do
0: you're italian right yes they all love yes to cook.
1: <laughs> i love to cook it'll get you here when i make my sauce but <laughs> but those i have little this drone coming on
0: my doorstep giving me the sauce
1: <laughs> yeah. there you go see you fill the gap there you go <laughs> So, but, but yeah, those mini vacations are so nice because, you know, it's like just stepping away and even though sometimes you can't take a vacation, it's like having that moment where you can just enjoy yourself, you know, and, and then appreciate the person who's taking care of you, you know, you always got to appreciate them because they're hard workers, you know, and, and, and you, you know, that's a way of kind of like giving back, you know, and kind of not losing that human factor you know so that's it
0: well that that actually now I'm hungry because I'm thinking of Italian (laughs) food and I just had that on it it was funny because I we just we did we went to the movie we just saw where the crawdads sing and um and I had a bucket I always buy and this is this is because, and it's so funny because we talk about pricing decoys, you know, for everything. And I always buy the big bucket, right? <laughs> and that is because it's just more for me, even though if I don't eat it all, it feels like I won something, right? right, right. price, I got more for the, you know, because it really cost them like what, 50 cents to make that popcorn. And,
1: <laughs> and I'm going I, for the volume.
0: And it was just this great memory because it was like, okay, we watched this great movie. We went to an Italian restaurant, believe it or not, right before it. And I had this amazing Parmesan chicken. And now uh, I'm
1: getting hungry.
0: Now I'm getting Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you brought that up and you know what it, it's true it's a little bit giving back uh i jokingly talked about the x-file episode and if you haven't seen it i don't remember the title but it was all around not tipping a robot the entire m- problem with all the drones and everything and it's like you have five more seconds to tip this robot And they wouldn't do it. They, you know, Fox and Mulder wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it. And then at the last three seconds, it's like, here, we're going to pay the tip because my whole smart house went against me, my whole everything (laughs) against me. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, you know, it's just, it it is showing that appreciation back to that person who works so hard, you know, for sure and
1: absolutely and, and again so that falls back to empathy right
0: yeah it falls back to empathy exactly so anyways well mike this has been like such a fun dialogue Um, these are some of my favorites when we get into tech because i'm such a sci-fi geek to begin with and i would love uh, i know a lot of the people would like to know how to even get a hold of you to maybe run ideas past you whatever you know
1: sure sure what's absolutely. one way uh, so you can get me on LinkedIn at just Mike DeCosla, uh, D-I-C-O-S-O-L-A. Uh, you can also get me at com, and okay. then io where the NFTs are for those smart delivery doorbells. Uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Uh, yeah. And then there's uh we have another website called Smart Delivery Drone. So these are all the developments that you know that com that we're working on.
0: Oh that's awesome. Well everyone it, thank you so much for listening viewing whatever you do with this episode. <laughs> I think it is so much fun to do these. It's kind of my own personal therapy. So anybody if you like it, you want to chat whatever on the uh, on the episode. We're so glad that you you listened in on this. And Mike, I just want to thank you
1: again. Valerie, thank you. It's been absolutely fun and i am so appreciative of you inviting me so thank you
0: <laughs> you're welcome thank you all for joining another great episode for show notes links and resources visit RevenueMaze.com. hats off to all you small businesses out there i can't wait for the next episode